Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a Connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Welcome to the building, church. God is on the throne. Amen. Well, hey, we have all these young people up here because they need some radical men in their life. They need some radical men in their life. They need some godly examples of men who are radically committed to the ways of Jesus, who have, that's not really why they're up here, but I thought this would be a good intro. But, but in all seriousness, um, this is a, a, a time for men to arise. We, we believe in women. <laughs> We're not anti-women, but I'm going to tell you something, that um, there, there are men in this house that it's time. It's time for you to make a radical decision. The word radical means to get to the root of the matter. It's like, uh, I'm done. I'm done just being mediocre. I'm done not being passionate for God and his word. I'm done not giving myself to go further because I know God's got more. And by his grace, I want to learn to persevere. I'm going to be challenged. And iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. And this is what this is about. It's about going deeper, uh, changing your life, changing things in your life. And so I encourage you. We only have 40 uh, openings for this first launch uh, where you're going to make some commitments that are going to cause your roots to go deeper so that the fruit of godliness will come out in a deeper way in a more relevant way in your life. So I encourage you, uh, be a man, stand up, step up to the plate, swing the bat, and watch what God will do. Amen? All right. Now, these young people are here because they were part of our internship, this summer internship. And uh, yeah, give them a big hand. And so they received training and instruction. They got to see some of the inner workings of what it actually takes for a week in and week out to happen here at the Rock of KC. They learned about their spiritual gifts. They learned about some how to defend their faith and a number of other things. I'm not going to quiz you guys, put you on the spot. But we thank you for your participation. We thank you for the help and the service that you, you gave. And we'll pray that you'll continue to do so. Not because you have to, because of the internship, but because you get to. Amen. So stretch your hands this way as we pray God's blessing over this, this group of young people. Father, we thank you that young people are not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. We thank you, Father, that you said you would pour out your spirit upon our sons and daughters. And so we pray for the Holy Spirit to be continued, to be poured out upon you as you've given yourself to the summer internship and gave yourself to God and the things of God. We pray that those things will continue to grow and manifest and bear fruit in your life, not just now, but into your adulthood and even into the ways that you will train and raise your own children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So we bless you. We thank God for you. And we pray for a strong anointing to continue to abide upon your life and in your life and through your life. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. And amen. Give them a big hand. All right, guys. God bless you. All right. Praise God. 
Amen, amen, amen. You know, um, the scripture says that the young and the old will dance in the dance together. And um, we, were, we had crew nights out here and uh, they, they picked up Cotton Eye Joe and I started dancing and nobody danced with me. I sent my daughter this video the other day of uh, these two guys that all of a sudden they just started dancing and uh, man, they were good and they were uh, dancing to um, Billie Jean, I think it was or something like that. And uh, I sent this to our daughter. I said, this is the way I imagine myself when I dance. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I'm still going to keep dancing no matter what it looks like uh, because, uh, because it's good to dance. And Billy Joe got it wrong. The devil doesn't have all the, the good music, does he, Reverend Jimmy Bratcher? No, he doesn't have it. Praise God. All right, y'all ready to get into the word? You ready for that word to get into you? All right, let's pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for your presence right here, right now. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that when you're in the room and you're allowed in the room, God, that breakthrough does come. So now, Lord, we open our heart to your word. We want to be taught by your word. We want to be washed by the water of your word. We want our minds to be renewed by the word. We want the word to have breakthrough anointing and power in our lives. Lord, we want strongholds to be broken. We want offenses to break. God, we want you to come in, move in to the temple of our hearts and our minds and our souls and our spirits so that we may fully be consumed by you and through you and for you. So we pray, Father that your word will come alive in us, that we'll be able to mix it with faith and act upon it so that we might be all that you've called us to be and do all that you've called us to do for your glory. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Let's read these. I've got two verses here that I want us to read out loud together. Let's read this first one out loud. I have been crucified with Christ. Are we going to do this together or... Oh, it's not on the screen. They're not on the slides? How did that not get on the slide? We have a mess up here. In Houston, we've got a problem. How did that not happen? Okay, guys, well, by memory, Galatians 2.20. By memory, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Okay, now let's go to the next one. You all get a cheat sheet. All right, verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I want to title my message, My Identity in Christ. My Identity in Christ. Now, I shared last week... The question is, who are you? Who are you? And the answer is, I am who God says I am. I am who God says I am. Our identity matters. Who we identify with, <laughs> it matters. And your identity matters. And I want this truth to get inside of us because here's the reason why. When we don't know who we are, when we don't know who we are, then we act all crazy. We act all needy, we act all angry, we get all mad, we blame other people when we don't know who we are. 
I shared with you also that when they, uh, done, they've done studies with young people, there are three things, there are three major questions that come up amongst young people. Who am I? What's my purpose? And where do I belong? Who am I? What's my purpose and where do I belong? And let me tell you what, God has answers to every one of those questions. And when you don't get them right with God at the center, then crazy happens. All kinds of crazy happen. Manipulation, control, insecurity, domination, narcissism, you just name it. You just, every plague that plagues man happens when you get the order wrong, you don't put God first, you don't have your identity in Christ. Listen, I saw this manifest so much during the last three, three and a half years. Before COVID hit, we had an election. During that election, there was all kinds of racial tensions and crisis. And then COVID hit. And I'm telling you what, I don't think, I think if God was grading the church, I don't think we did well. I mean, I saw everything come out but Jesus, pretty much. Because people weren't rooted and grounded in faith, they weren't rooted and grounded in their identity. Fear comes out, insecurity comes out, hatred comes out, returning evil for evil. And part of what's happened is we've had people sit through sermon after sermon after sermon, podcast after podcast after podcast, teaching after teaching after teaching, but it's not been incarnated into their lives. It's just knowledge, but it's not been incarnational knowledge where it's, no, this is who I am. I am a child of God. I am a lover of God. I am forgiven, I am loved, I am accepted in Christ, I am his beloved, I have the mind of Christ, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who loved me, gave himself for me. I'm telling you, this is the reality of why it's so important that you know who you are. This is who I am. It's not just rhetoric, it's not just some verses I quote every morning to pump myself up and to remind, no, it's the reality of who we are as children of God. Loved, forgiven, accepted, justified. I mean, it's amazing. You could preach yourself happy. But when you don't have this identity, then you're striving. You're constantly striving to either prove or be approved. And it's unhealthy. And it's really ungodly. And so I love this quote that I heard a few weeks ago from Pastor Kevin Gerald at a conference. In the absence of truth, lies live. In the absence of truth, lies live. And when we don't accept the truth of God in our heart, like when, when he's in the room, when you let him come in, then breakthrough will happen. When all you do is acknowledge it, but you don't let it move in, then no breakthrough happens. All you have is a little bit of knowledge. But God wants you to experience him. And he wants that truth to become a reality in your life. You may know all about X, Y, and Z. You may know all about it, but if you don't practice it, if you don't apply it, if you don't allow it to move in and take over, guess it will not benefit you except puff you up with knowledge. And so in the absence of truth, lies live. That's why we continue to encourage people, like, come out of your fear, come out of your defensiveness, and come to a class like Discover freedom so some truth can be spoken to you, so the strongholds can be broken. And I, I just sense this. I'm going to go ahead and say it. During worship and during that time of prayer, I'm going to tell you something, that when you give 
more power to an individual than you give to God, then they have control of your life and they're practicing witchcraft on you. When you let someone move in and just take over your family, bring division, guess what you have? You have a spirit of witchcraft at work, not the spirit of God. When they can turn you against your own children or against your own spouse, guess what's at work? A spirit of Jezebel, what call it whatever you want, name it whatever you want, but it's witchcraft at its root. Because witchcraft is literally manipulation, control, and domination. And it can work through Christians. They'll practice witchcraft. Maybe ignorantly, but still it's witchcraft. You've got to call it what it is. And that's why it's so important that you yield your life to God. Because only God can break the power of that. Only the Holy Spirit moving in. Otherwise, you'll be held captive by bondage and fear. Oh, if you do this, if you leave me, this is what's going to happen to you. They just threat. See, that's all about witchcraft. Domination, manipulation, and control. And God's called you to freedom. God's called you to freedom. I said, oh, 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 wait a minute. I, got, I already got one God in my life, and he's Jesus, and you don't, have, you don't get the right to have that much control over my life. See, but where, where, where truth is absence, the absence of truth, lies live. They live. And God's called us to freedom. And you'll find that freedom in Christ in your identity in Jesus. So if you are in Christ, this is now the defining truth of who you are. If you are truly in Christ, you've been born again by the living God. You've not just uh, said a prayer and you know, gone through a ritual, but you've literally invited Christ into your life. Like he's the Lord, he's the Messiah, he's the living God. Like you, you let him come in. And so I say then, why don't you go ahead and yield to him? You believe he'll take you to heaven. You believe that he'll, take, he'll cleanse you from your sins. Why don't you trust him in every area of his commands? Why? Because you, you've still not relinquished control. You're still in the driver's seat, that's why. For some, maybe out of ignorance, stubbornness maybe you got a demonic stronghold that needs to be broken what else could it be if you've if you said yes to a loving god a father seriously then it's a stronghold that is still taking hold of your life and it's time for it to break it's a time to say enough you're not controlling my life anymore god says to be baptized i'm going to be baptized i don't care what ritual says i don't care what tradition says i don't care if it upsets mommy grandma grammy you know auntie because you know of their tradition i know that i need to obey god and i'm going to obey god uh, this stronghold is getting broken generational curses are getting broken come on generational witchcraft gets broken it, it ends with me it ends right here, right now, with God and Christ in my life. He's the Lord of my life. I'm going to go Bob Dylan on you all. You're going to serve somebody. You, you may be a doctor. You may be a lawyer. You're going to serve somebody. You're going to serve happiness. You're going to serve joy. You're going to, serve, you're going to come under something in your life, your own self. You're like, that's pitiful. <laughs> Think about it. No, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to come under the purposes of God. I'm going to come under the commands of God. I'm going to come into Christ, and Christ is coming into me. And this is my identity, who I am in Christ. See, your life, your story becomes enfolded by another story. That's what it means to be in Christ. I'm now enfolded by another story. That another is Jesus. 
He's enfolded. I'm enfolded into his story. And that's part of the problem. We've made it all about me. I don't come to church to become a better person. I come to worship the living God. And as I worship the living God, guess what happens? Shazam, transcendent God moves in. The suddenlies of heaven come. One word from God can change everything. He's worthy of praise, worthy of honor, worthy of glory, worthy of worship. I bow my knee, I lift my hands, I raise my voice. God inhabits praises and transcendence takes place. You see, one way to define faith is this. It means finding your identity in Christ. That's what faith means. I've found my identity in Christ. I'm not finding it in money. I'm not finding it in success. I'm not finding it in another degree. I'm not finding it in a bigger home, a bigger car, a nicer place. No, I find my identity in Christ, in Christ alone. You see, it says, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. Pastor, why do you think you're going to heaven? Because I live by faith in the Son of God. My faith is in God, not in my faith. It's, I have faith in, I don't have faith in faith. I have faith in God. He's the author of faith. He gave me a measure of faith. He's God. Worthy of trust. I love this illustration by Rankin Wilborn. They write, I have found a, I have a friend who used to be Mickey Mouse. She was the person May inside the costume at Disneyland. Reflecting on her time in Mickey, she says, growing up, I thrived on behavior modification. I thought if I'm good, I'll be loved. And if I'm bad, I'll be rejected. I learned to wear a mask, not to show what was really going on. My core beliefs were that I was not worthy, accepted, or loved. So I would clamor and manufacture ways to elicit the positive responses I wanted from people. As I read that, I thought back of years ago of a relative of mine who, they, 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 were, um, they were not doing well financially, but every time during a Christmas or a holiday, they would go out to Rent-A-Center and, and load their home up with new furniture and a TV in order to give the appearance that, man, we're making it. And that's what, that's what mask wearing does. And that's what the, 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 the work of Satan is, is just get us to drive the, and, and driven to have an appearance when it's not really what's going on. And so she said, when I put on Mickey's costume, I got the, that positive response times 100. She felt safe and loved, covered in Mickey's righteousness. But she also gained a new sense of what it means to be in Christ. She recalls praying, Lord, is this what it's like to have masses of people run towards you with joy, excitement, and eagerness? This is another way to picture what it means for you to be in Christ. You are completely safe, hidden in him. I'm completely safe, hidden in him. That's why I said I don't ever walk into a room alone. I don't. God's not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. This is the truth of who I am in Christ and what I've been given in Christ. So let's look at what this means. It means he represents you before the Father. When you're in Christ, you're represented before the Father. Not a judge, but a Father. Come on now. 
You got a lot of us have this image that God's a judge, and I'm just waiting for him to pronounce judgment, and I hope he, he, he says forgiven. And no, he's already said forgiven because you've already accepted and received Christ, his forgiveness, his atonement. And now he's my father in heaven. Dear heavenly judge, have mercy. No, my father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's given me his spirit whereby I cry out, Abba, which means Papa or Daddy. <laughs> and my spirit bears witness with his spirit that I'm a child of God. He represents me before my Father when Jesus says, Father, this is Philip. He's covered in my righteousness. Philip, may I introduce you to my father? Wow. <laughs> I've been adopted. He's my dad. And I'm a joint heir with his son. And I'm a friend of God. And I'm a child of God. Chosen and beloved by my father. Through his son Jesus, sealed and certified by the Spirit of the living God. <laughs> oh, come on now. Seriously, who are you? This is who you are in Christ. Number two, he covers you. Your sin, your shame, your weakness in a real way, not temporary fiction. Is no joke. You can't shame me because he took my shame. You can belittle me. You can berate me. You can say all manners of evil about me. But your opinion <laughs> doesn't change what God thinks about me. Because he took it. And I'm hidden in Christ with God. I'm hidden. You see, being in Mickey or any other mask we hide behind is to masquerade in false identity. Did you hear that? To, to be in Mickey or any other mask you hide behind is to masquerade in a false identity. It's an affront to God. Repent of it. Let his presence come in and break the idol of that mask that you're wearing. God, without you, I'm a mess. <laughs> Lord God, without you, I'll never be holy. Without you, God, I'll never be righteous. You are my covering. You are my holiness. You are my peace. So I hear your voice and say, be still. Cease striving and know that I'm God. God, we've made a mess of our marriage. We've hurt each other. We've offended each other. We're afraid to open up because we're going to hurt each other more. And I don't know that I can be hurt anymore. Oh, God, come and cover us. Come, God, heal us. 
See, being in Christ, number three, is to discover your true God-given identity, to be in Christ. So many of us were like, you know, when, when people say, who are you? I say, well, I'm, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mom, oh, I'm nothing, I'm a janitor. You know, we, just, we always identify ourselves by what we do. And God identifies us by who we are. Who are you? You're my child. You're my beloved. You're my friend. You're the one I died on the cross for. I call you by name. <laughs> who, who are you? Well, I'm, I, I'm a former sinner saved by grace. I said, well, you mean you don't sin anymore? No, no, I still, I still miss the mark. I do. But my whole nature has been reoriented. I've been born again. A new creation exists inside of me. I don't sin anymore without feeling terrible. I used to sin and feel, let's do it again. But now I can't because my whole nature's been real. Again, God just messed up the fun of sin. It used to be pleasurable, and then I want more of that pleasure. And now it's not pleasure. I mean, there's a pleasure in it, but then it's miserable. It's like gravel in my mouth. It's like, I know. And he's teaching me by his grace to put off the old and to put on the new. You see, number four, to be in Christ it means to be, I'm alive in him. And so when I'm not walking in him, I'm walking in death. You see, Ephesians says, as for, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. See, that's, that's dead men walking. I, I'm walking around, but I'm a dead man in my transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you were followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Let me just tell you something. Anytime anyone's encouraging your disobedience, they are from the devil. Anytime anybody comes into your world and encourages your disobedience, they are of the spirit of the devil. They are not friends of God. They do not have your best interest at mind. Oh, come on, man. Everyone sins a little bit. Go ahead and smoke the dope. Everyone needs to get some relief somewhere, somehow, some way. God will understand. Go ahead. Take the hit. Oh, you can't expect me to be pure and chaste. I mean, I'm a young man with hormones. God will understand. Go ahead and sleep with her. Go ahead and sleep with him. Well, you know, marriage is only just a, you know, man-made institution with a piece of paper. Doesn't matter if you move in, you shack up. God knows your financial situation. You don't have to worry about tithing. You don't have to worry about giving God first. Uh, you you get off the hook. You get a hall pass. Uh, it'll keep you in poverty. It'll keep you in bondage. It won't teach you how to trust God for other things. Tell you something. False compassion 
is false compassion. It's not compassion, it's false. The true compassion reaches down and rescues and tells the truth. Jesus loved that woman caught in adultery. And he defended her. But then he also warned her and said, go and sin no more or something worse is going to come to you. You were sinning. You were sinning. I, don't, I, I released you, but listen, if you continue in sin, you think, you think it was bad that you almost got stoned by religious people? Worse things happen. Jesus said it about people who got their heart clean. The devils were cast out. They said, look, if you don't fill it with good, seven worse are coming back. And we got Jesus as if he's just this Pillsbury Doughboy that's all gooey and mushy and just, no. He's the God of heaven and earth, holy and righteous and pure, full of love, but fire in his eyes. You see, all of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following his desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable comparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. That's who I am in Christ. I wake up to new mercies every morning. I have a great expectation of further blessing and favor and communion and koinonia and community with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and with the saints of God in this earth, in this lifetime, now and the one to come. This is my destiny. This is my inheritance in Christ Jesus. I am seated with him in heavenly places. This is the reality of who I am. It's the reality of who you are. Now line up with it. Come on, let your soul, let your spirit, let your mind, let your will line up with it and say, God, from this day forward, I receive your identity of who I am in Christ. Come on now. Why? Because we need to be people who turn the light on. We need to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Then we point people to Jesus. And we're not out there just angry and mad and scared and afraid. Why? Because we're seated with him in heavenly places and we're ambassadors of his kingdom. And we're here to proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Seriously. You see, you are alive in him, moving with him through this world, clothed in all his benefits and blessings. You are in Christ. And so when I wake up and say, oh, Lord, it's morning. No, I say, good morning, Lord. Good morning, Lord. I receive the mercies that you have for me. I'm going to face everything I face today in you. I'm going to face every person I face today in you because I'm in Christ. I live and move and have my being in Christ. I have your anointing. I have your mind. I have your favor. I have your mercy. I have your word hidden in my heart. I have the Holy Spirit. God, I am with you. I am in you. You are for me. You are not against me. You love me with an everlasting love. And so I'm going to go out and face that big, bad, bad, bad world with your amazing love and grace. Come on. This is who I am. This is who you are in Christ. 
Number five, to be found in Christ means you don't have to prove yourself anymore. I'm approved by God. Listen to this. Your frantic attempts to find or craft an acceptable identity or your tireless work to manage your own reputation, these are over and done. They're over and done. You can rest in Christ. You don't have to be intimidated by anyone ever. Who are you? You are in Christ. Number six, you no longer need to fear the judgment of God. 1 John chapter 4, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit and we have, been, have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have complete confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Therefore, there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. See, I am perfectly loved by my Father. His love is shed abroad in my heart, Romans 5, 5, by the Holy Spirit. That's why you need a triune community and communion with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's why you need to let them all three move in and take over and say, God, come in, do the house cleaning, break the strongholds, break the generational curses, clean out the room, let the Dagons, the idols that I've erected, the fear of man, the fear of, uh, of loose, and the, the fear of loss, and the not trust. Just God come in and crush it all. Just God break it to powder and sweep it on out and, and blow it out by the presence of your spirit and your love in my life because a person perfected in the love of God doesn't fear. I'm, I'm, perf I'm covered by the, I'm a perfect, I, the maturity of the love of God. I'm loved by God. I don't fear your face. I don't fear your threats. Why? Because I'm loved by God. Well, why don't you beat me up? Why don't you punch me in the face? Because I'm going to tell you what, something harder than that's going to hit you. It's called the Holy Ghost. And he's going he's to get a hold of you. And beside that, listen, hey, I got angels that can take you out with a wink of their eye. Listen, you just need to understand, you're not messing with just any normal, natural person. I'm a supernatural, born-again, blood-bought child of the living God, full of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Seriously, it's the truth. It's the truth. You see, when God looks at you, he sees you hidden in Christ. Do you believe that? Do you, do you believe that? Honey, do you believe that? Do, he sees you hidden in Christ. You're not a product of all that's happened to you, all that the devil's done to you. No. You're blood-bought, forgiven, loved, accepted, approved. You're not trash. You're not damaged goods. I'm a, I'm a princess to God. I'm a child of God. I've been chosen. I've been adopted. I've been approved. I've been accepted. This is who I am. I'm not divorced. I'm not, you know, a bankruptor. I, I'm, 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 I'm a child of God. And I'm not going to let those labels identify me. When God looks at you, he sees you hidden in Christ. This is freedom. This is confidence. This is good, good news. So in closing, you guys can begin to play. Our identity in Christ. Are they here? Yeah, they're here. Okay, they got, listen, 
they, they got almost matching guitars. One's a bass, the other one's an electric guitar, almost the same color. I had a yellow Volkswagen 71 Super Beetle, almost that color, man. That is awesome. These are the dueling banjo boys back here with their same color guitars. I love it. And Clinton, that lick, man, you were playing on that first song. That, that was awesome, bro. Come on, bring it. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. That was awesome. Praise God for people who can do more than play air guitars. Thank you, Jesus. You see, our, our identity in Christ conquers our anxiety to that old way of trying to justify our existence by our own work. Uh, union with Christ tells us you have died so that way, to that way of living. That's what union with Christ, died to that way of living. To the angst that comes from feeling like you're not allowed to fail or the feelings of inadequacy that come from feeling like you have. To those human questions, am I significant? Have I done enough? Am I accepted? The answer is your life is now hidden with Christ in God, Colossians 3.1. This is the precious biblical truth of justification, Galatians 2.16. You no longer have to justify your life. You don't have to worry about others thinking you're a nobody. You don't have to do the dis go the distance like Rocky to prove you're not a bum. Christ marries himself to you, and in a wonderful exchange, you give him all your sins, and he gives you all his righteousness. Can I get an amen? In the wonderful exchange, I give him all of my mess-ups. I give him all my willfulness. I give him all of my sins and mistakes and deliberate willfulness. I give it all to him, and I say, oh, king of glory, come on in. Bring in all your righteousness. Just bring it in by truckload of truckload and work it into me and work, it, work out of me what needs to be worked out of me. Oh, God, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is who I am in Christ. In Christ, you are significant. He makes you so. In Christ, you are secure. He gathers you to himself and keeps you safe. Isaiah 40, verse 11. In Christ, you are accepted. But that acceptance no longer has to be earned or maintained. It is granted by grace and guaranteed in Christ. This doesn't mean that you stop working, but it does mean you work in a totally new way. You no longer work for approval. You work from approval. Come on now. Now, how many of you have ever remember American Idol? You remember American Idol? You remember what could happen in American Idol? You mess up one time, you're out. You hit a wrong note, you hit a wrong key, whatever it is, you're gone. But what happened at the end when the person was crowned as the winner of American Idol? You know what they would do? They would sing one last time. They would sing one last time. But next, guess how they were singing? They were singing. They let it all hang loose, man. Why? Because they didn't have to fear losing the contest. They won the contest. They were now working from a place of approval, not for approval. And that's who you are in Christ. Can I get an amen? Stand with me if you would, please. This is the truth. Now I'm no longer working for approval. I'm working from a place of approval. And now I can bless and serve others because I don't need their approval. I don't need, oh, you got to like me. You got to like me. You know, you got to give me more likes. So come on, you got to, no, no, no. I'm, I'm already approved by God. And now I can give myself, well, you might hurt me. You might abuse me. No, no, no. I'm hidden in Christ, okay? I'm hidden in Christ. So I'm good. I'm good. I'm here to bless your life. Yeah, you, you, you may in turn bless my life. That would be fine too. But I'm not here to, to manipulate you. I'm not here to control you. I'm not here to try to get you to be my BFFF forever. I mean, you know, how can you? Anyway, moving right along. Like, why don't you just be a friend instead of trying to have one? 
It's just go with, like, I am a friend. I am friendly. I, I am a child of God. God loves people, so I'm just going to love people. Because I'm working from a place of approval, not for approval. It's a, it's a game changer. And we need more people identifying in Christ, church. Come on. We know it's dark. It's time to turn on the light. It's time to turn on the light. It's time to turn on the light of the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. Why? Because you're walking in it. And it's been extended to you. And you're not afraid of people. And you're not afraid of the world. And God knows the devil's already been defeated. So walk in your authority. Walk in your power. And walk in your identity. Bow your heads with me if you would. If you're here this morning and you know in your heart of hearts, I have not really ever surrendered my life to Jesus. Like I know I've not invited him in full force, 100%. Yeah, I don't want to go to hell. And yeah, I believe in some of the tenets, but I've never fully experienced being born again. And I want that to end right here today. I want to be born again. I want to yield my life 100% to Jesus. I want him to come in and, and forgive me. I want to exchange my sin for his righteousness. No more mass. No more trying to get approval of people. No more trying to look like I'm successful or X, Y, and Z. No, I want God, and I want to give my life to God right here, right now, and I'm putting it off any longer. I surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you, just lift your hand. Just lift it up high. There's hands going up all over this room. You are surrendering to Jesus. doesn't matter if it's the first time or the fifth yet. You do this, and God will come. I surrender my heart to you, Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Let's join those who have laid their hands in a a form of confessing confessing with them. Dear Jesus, I'm done. I'm done with my sin. I'm done with my own way. Jesus, you are the way. You are the truth. And you are the life. And I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And make me a child of the Father. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. And from this moment on, I yield my entire being, body, soul, and spirit to you and you alone. Have your way in me and have your way through me. And thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Amen. And amen. Come on, can we give God a big hand for his goodness? We rejoice with you. Listen. We rejoice because the Bible says there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 who need no repentance. So we rejoice with you in the decision that you made. That's why we clap. And we say, welcome to your new journey. You, you, you opened your heart to him and all I can say is just keep opening your heart to him we're all at different phases in our walk with Christ but every one of us need to be awakened every day every one of us need to be awakened every day to the reality of his love the reality of his grace and his mercy and his power that so mightily wants to work in us and through us as we identify with who we are in Christ and now what the world and the devil and others would think or try to form us into their image, but rather into the image of Christ. We have a book for those who are on this journey, and it'll help you with steps that you can continue to take. It's called Fresh Start, and so we're at our Fresh Start wall. I want to encourage you to go by and get one and meet the people there and let that truth get into you. 
And as that truth gets into you, you begin to live it out and freedom begins to come. And your light begins to so shine before men that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father on the day of visitation. That's what the scripture says. That your life can live in such a way that when Christ returns, people who didn't know Christ would know how to behave and walk because they've been transformed from the inside out. It's not what you're striving to do. It's who you are now. And you're becoming who you are in Christ. Amen. Father God, let the truth of your word now rise up within us. Just lift your hand and receive it. Jesus, I receive you. I receive the truth of this word. I yield to it. I submit to it. And I say, come on, bring it more and more into reality in my life that Christ may be glorified. My Father in heaven might be glorified and that my communion and sensitivity to the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit might increase. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give him honor, give him glory, give him praise.